All right, have yourself a seat. Pastor Rob has been tearing up the country with Charlie Kirk from coast to coast, and so keep praying for them. And he so wanted to be here tonight to do what I'm doing, and that is to introduce our special guest. And uh, I want you to know this week, the team here at Godspeak spent most of the week just figuring out how to pronounce Nick's last name. We pronounced it multiple ways, but uh, Nick Vujicic, right? That's it. Hey, all right. I'm like, is it soft C-H? No, it's chich. Okay. And uh, we are, we've been looking forward to this. We are going to have a great time because I know uh, just from um, seeing video footage, I've never met Nick uh, until tonight, and just what a blessing Born without arms, born without legs, the challenges in life, bullied in school and through a, a fearful, hopeless time, attempting suicide, and yet as God brought him through, now this special guest that you're going to listen to tonight is a New York Times bestseller. He's spoken to many, ministered to millions of people. He's uh, married to Kanai, Kanai A, right? We'll have to work on that one. Hey, let's hear it. Kanai A. Kanai A. Vujicic. Right on. And they have four beautiful children. And uh, so, Awesome. Now, Nick has traveled and spoken prolifically to millions of people, and this week, I don't know if you caught the story that piqued my interest, not only because Nick was coming, but it was such an unusual headline that Nick now is going into a proposed banking endeavor because, hold on, you can do that in a minute, you'll probably do more than that. Chase Bank came to him after 15 years of being a a good customer. They evaluated his life, his ministry, his pro-life uh, perspective, just who he was as a person. And they wrote him a letter and said, we want nothing to do with you. We're not going to be your bank any longer. Have you ever heard of such a thing? So uh, we're pretty used to uh, cancel culture here. We were just kicked off YouTube because I got a little too excited a week ago. And if you say certain things, you just get kicked, you get the left foot of fellowship. <laughs> right? But this is bank cancel culture. But getting the backstory with him and Betsy just before the service, she told him sometime, how long before? Like, uh, yeah. So uh, some time ago, she said, we need to go into the banking business. He goes, well, the Lord hasn't told me that. Let's pray about it. And, and then he got kicked out of his bank. And so I'm not sure how Betsy was praying for him. Like, Lord, just kick Nick out, and then we'll have to start a bank because we have nothing, right? Amazing times, you guys, that we live. But it, isn't it awesome to be here and to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And though, yeah. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Welcome, our special guest, Nick 
Vujicic. not alone and we need each other we need to uplift this message of hope around the world to know that we are one the body of Christ is one and together we can hold each other we can uplift each other we can support each other we can encourage each other God. Rick, thank you so much, and uh, Tammy, your wife, for your welcome. Please give our love and greetings back to Pastor Rob and uh, Charlie Kirk, and we've been praying for you from a distance, uh, praying and fasting for all of you, and can I just say, it's wonderful to be here. God bless you all, and I'm not sure how many of you are familiar uh, with the testimony that the Lord has blessed me with to understand that our history is His story. Um, many years ago, uh, someone very dear to me said that, uh, in fact, he's here tonight, Uncle Bart and Auntie Rita Vujicic, who was my dad's second, uh, my dad's second cousin, and uh, it's just wonderful to be someone who's standing here in California um, preaching at a church that's fully open and uh, courageous and humble, uh, but mightily standing on, on the Word of God, knowing that the truth is what sets us free. And I just want to say, God bless you, God speak, and may God continue to multiply the blessings as you continue to preach the truth. We're honored and blessed, uh, me and Kanae, to have um, uh, not just this opportunity to be with you all, but to also honor a friend of ours, Joseph Bondarenko, who is here, many of you know Joseph Bondarenko. And uh, in fact, that video didn't have a photo of a, or, or a video of the uh, uh, time that we had in Ukraine. We had 800,000 people there in 2017, and Joseph and I were both on stage, and we saw 400,000 give their life to Jesus Christ. And also that year in 2017, uh, we were able to go and preach to the government um, on the Congress level, the Senate, the House representatives, everyone but the president himself. And uh, in the end, they were on their knees asking God for forgiveness of their sins to heal their land. I'm not sure if we have that photo queued up, but this is the government on their knees during national television. Uh, the entire country of Ukraine watched a limbless Evangelists tell them the importance of honoring the Lord in the law of the land. And um, how, how awesome is that? Praise God for that. 
And uh, we praise God for so many blessings. And thank you for praying for Life Without Limbs. Um, I recognize a couple of faces from here, uh, knowing that I, this has been our stomping grounds for 17 years. In fact, I left Australia around age 22. And um, it's been incredible. Met my wife. Uh, she was living in Dallas, Texas, which is now our new home. Uh, the Lord uh, prepared our heart and primed our heart uh, leading up to November 2019. Uh, God clearly told us to move out of California and to move now. Um, and we were very thankful that he provided um, the new chapter of our ministry and season of life of not just our marriage now for 10 years coming up, but our four beautiful children. I think we have a family photo here. So, Kiyoshi, Dayan, Olivia, and Ali. And um, before uh, I, I really start, I, I, I do want to say that I, I feel in my heart to share a couple things. Maybe you've heard me preach um, in other churches or on other platforms um, and sharing my testimony. I do want to share how Jesus changed my life because why else would I be here? Um, but also just to encourage you in your walk with God, knowing that no matter um, what we do for God, that he doesn't love us more or less based on what we do. He loves us because we're his. Uh, my son could one day turn around and spit me in the face, but I'm going to love him because it's that love that you have for your children. And I stand before you without arms and legs, his adopted son, who he's ordained and sent to stand in front of the gates of hell and redirect traffic. And when you stand in front of the gates of hell and redirect traffic, it gets hot. And so if, if everything's going well in your life and everything's smooth, you might want to double check that you're standing in the right place. Um, because we're not here to, to be served. We're not here to enjoy as much as we know the blessings of being alive and vertical and breathing on our own and, and being in a beautiful state like California or wherever we live or watching from in the world. But really, we are citizens of heaven passing through. And in the meantime, there's war. And I want to encourage you in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ with some scriptures. Um, and I want to share a couple of stories that maybe you've never heard before. I can guarantee you haven't heard it because I've never shared it in California. Um, but um, I have a beautiful um, experience um, uh, reconnecting with someone called Reggie Dabbs. And I'll, I'll talk to uh, you about him later. But yes, about the bank. Um, it's really cool um, to have been told by Betsy Gray, a prayer intercessor warrior, a friend of mine since 2015, um, who God woke up during the nights to pray for me for things she shouldn't know what to pray for, but God told her, and she said, I'm praying for you for this, 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 this. I'm like, how'd you know? She said, well, God told me. And I'm like, awesome. And uh, so you know those people in your life where they have a red phone, like, and they say, God said, and you kind of like, listen? Um, she said, yes, um, God told me that you're the co-founder for Pro-Life Bank, the, pro the proposed bank. And I said, I don't want to start a bank. Um, and I, I, before I share tonight what I, I do want to talk about later, I might as well open it up this way. You know, I, I, I look at um, when Jesus first came to Jerusalem in Matthew 21, he went on a donkey and people were putting the clothes down and shouting out, Hosanna, 
Hosanna in the highest. The Messiah has come, okay? And the first thing Jesus did was what? He went to the temple and he flipped the tables. And he said, this was supposed to be a house of prayer and you've caused it to be a den of thieves. And they were selling things in the church and and using God's name in vain and making money in that way. And we understand that in our life, when we are looking at the world, it's surprising when we're surprised to see things we didn't expect. But God says in the word again and again and again, Apostle Paul says, why are you surprised at evil people, people doing evil things? Don't be shocked when evil people are evil. And, and, and there's no shock in world order. There's no shock in what's to come because guess what? It's all in here. And, and there are many places in the world where we think if only such and such was president, if only the American government can get on their knees and pray, if only the evil people of blah, blah, blah knew Jesus and was saved, what does that look like? And I know that in the Christian Western society, we use the term revival a lot. And a lot of people were saying, Nick, we're praying for revival, we're praying for revival. And I say, I'm not. I'm not praying for revival. Because I'm not even sure if the people who are praying for revival even know what they're praying for. What is revival? And when we look at 2020, I had one little hope that maybe 2020 would have been a year where the church became one through persecution. We didn't. Anybody agree? And so when Jesus says, though, may they be one, the first thing he did was in Jerusalem flip the tables there in Jerusalem. And the last thing he prayed was, God, may they be one. And the oneness are the people who are listening to his voice, the sheep who know his voice, the remnant who are awake and aware of the signs of the times that we're in and say, yes, we're going home soon. But until then, you're holding on. And people say, why, why, why does God, you're, do you remember the school shootings that started happening in 2016, 2017 in this country? I'll never forget, someone asked one of my board members from New York, they said, how could a loving God allow school students to be shot in our country in the school. He turned around and said, how do you expect a God who was kicked out of the school system to continue to bless and protect the children that we denied him in? And Billy Graham said, woe be the day that God doesn't punish America for the sins of America. If he doesn't punish America for the sins of America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. 77 million abortions in our country. 
to this point. But the remnant, there is hope. When you look at the villages and you look at the cities and you look at the countries and you look at the kings and you look at Noah, what God did for those who did obey, what God did for the cities who did trust in the Lord with all their heart, what God did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what God did with Joseph, what God did with David, what God did with Moses. I want you to know that God has a plan for you, and if God can use Moses who studied, and God used David as a shepherd boy, and God ordained kings of the land at eight or nine years old, if God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet in his remnant to continue to proceed and advance the kingdom of God and share the truth unapologetically and in humility give all the glory to him, you're here for a reason. You're still here. What is the reason? It's the, the, the beautiful song that I used to love to sing as a, as a child. One day morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. Just a few more weary days ahead, I'll fly away. Look. It was hard to bury my dad in 2017 here in Westlake Village. Do we miss him? Yes. Is he home? Yes, he's home. We're thankful we had time to say goodbye. I've been in cars that we had a car bomb threat. We had a grenade with a pin left at our home. We've had a spying drone a day and a half over our home. We've had death threats. I've been on planes struck by lightning, okay? And yes, I woke up one day and the bank wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> and I just want you to know that it's not our bank, it's understanding that we are living in the signs of the times that the Bible gives us full warning of. And I feel like what we ought to pray for is not revival itself until we really understand what it is that we must be doing as a church that could actually, if we're really honest about it, for the majority of the churches, I'll say that again, foot Rick, the majority of the churches, you can ask the average church how many new verses have we memorized as a church this month. When was the last time you prayed for somebody and fasted for them? And not the Daniel fast every January, thank you Jesus. It's like the Christianese version of the New Year's resolutions. It's the Daniel fast for 21 days and praying for the year. That's great. I'll never discourage you from doing something good in faith to God. But do you know what the Bible says? That there are things that prayers cannot break without fasting. Do you know that revival, if we look at it as a fire, we're not Elijah. I don't know about you, but God hasn't told me, build an altar and saturate it with water and let's see fire come down from heaven to show everyone that God is God. He hasn't showed me that, he hasn't told me that, but he's given me knowledge in how to build a fire. Has he not? 
cardboard, paper, um, logs, a starter log, lighter fluid. That's a fire. If you want to see the fire of God move in your life, make sure that you're praying more than two minutes a day, asking God to bless the food that you're about to eat and bless the poor people who don't have food. How have we lost the ability of the basics to pray and memorize Scripture? Joseph Bondarenko was put behind bars because he believed in the God of the Bible. He knows what it is to be tortured behind bars. Both of my grandfathers in communism Yugoslavia in the 1960s were also behind bars for their pacifists. They were pacifists. They did not pick arms, and they went out there and picked up wounded soldiers. They both got injured. They both survived. They picked up their families and escaped their one world order in former Yugoslavia. Ukrainian government were on their knees in 2017. There is no revival in Ukraine today. What we must understand is coming back to the basics. That we need him. We need him not just as an accessory app that we text and ping when we need him, but he is our friend. He loves me. He loves you. And his love pursues you. And I pray that the church wakens up to the understanding of going back to the basics. And the people who are one are not just the ones who gather. It's the oneness of the hands and feet of God going out to be a foster parent, be an adoptive parent, getting into a local human trafficking ministry. Human trafficking in America has quadrupled in the last seven months. There's a half a million kids waiting in America for a foster home or an adopted home, average age 7.8. Two billion people in the world don't know what a snack is. They eat once every third day. We are the light. We are the answer. Not because of us. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords that I gladly live for his glory and to die is gain. What is it that you want? I want jewels in my crown in heaven and a long line of people who say, thank you for planting seeds of love in my life to believe that God had a plan for me and God used your testimony that you portrayed at a church, presented at a school, or was on television and it was because of your testimony, Nick, that I started believing that if God had a plan for a limbless man, maybe he has a plan for me. That's what I want in heaven. And I'll tell you right now, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but you should prayerfully consider writing out your testimony. There is no better time for you to be the hands and feet to tell people who you were before Jesus Christ came into your life and what that has meant for you. Well, I can't talk to my work colleagues about the J word, you know. 
Why? Well, because everyone's watching. You simply take them out to coffee, and you know what you do? You say, hey, tell me your story. Oh, well, thank you. And you listen. Don't fake listen. Listen. You don't have to agree with them, but listen. Love on them. Don't judge. Listen. And pray that you continue to listen. And then when they're done, they'll say, what? What's your story? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> your testimony, this Bible, it is full of stories of the testaments there was so much more that happened than was in this book. It said, a lot more happened than this. And we couldn't record it all because it was overwhelming. But this is the faithfulness of God. And I just hope that you understand that God has a plan for everyone. And I want to share with you that I was at Promise Keepers last week on Friday night. 20,000 people in the United States of Texas. Oops, we're fighting in the spirit for the entire country, but I want you to know that Texas, we were able to have a stadium of 20,000 people, 700 gave their life to Jesus, and God willing, Rick, um, I told you backstage, in the next 12 months, Life Without Limbs, Big Jesus Tent will be pitched up in full. 6,500 seats in Ventura County, Oxnard, here. God willing. God willing. And it was awesome at Promise Keepers because I looked at the schedule. You know, they give me the schedule, right? Because if I go over time, they'll handcuff me. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule, I'm checking out who's the MC, and I got tears in my eyes because I'm like, oh my goodness, Reggie, Reggie is the MC. Let me tell you about Reggie. There was a woman who was a prostitute who had a very rough life, who used to charge clients $20. She fell pregnant and didn't want the child but Reggie survived. Reggie went through institutes and foster care system, and he had a horrible childhood. He went to school, and the janitor of his school, he befriended him. And he became his foster parent, who later adopted Reggie. Reggie later became a speaker. Reggie Dabbs, who lives in Florida, today is alive. The most schools ever done by one speaker in the country of Australia, Reggie Dabbs. He used to do five schools a day. Multiply that by three tours a year, doing that for 25 years, you got Reggie Dabbs. Reggie came to my school, and on a Friday hot afternoon, 10 minutes before the school bell's done, we're itching to get out of there, this guy gets up on stage, and you know, 
subconsciously someone gets on stage and you're thinking, oh, you know, you cross your arms like this and you're wondering, okay, what is he going to say? What is he going to teach me? What does he know, right? He's like, you got arms and legs, what are you going to teach me? You know, like, I was a teenager too one day, right? And so I'm looking at it and like, oh my goodness. And I'm looking right and I'm looking left and he called himself the $20 baby. And he shared his story in seven minutes and I knew he was a Christian. He couldn't say Jesus in a public school, but man, did he touch hearts. That week, God, uh, I was given by my parents a textbook as thick as this about all the vocations and the jobs I need to consider for my future. And my mom and dad told me, Nick, you have no arms, no legs. You need to be an accountant, financial planner, stockbroker. Do something where you have people as employees to be your hands and feet. And you're smart, you're in mathematics, push. And they told me that since age six. And they gave me this at 13. And nowhere was it like, and you can travel around the world and give people hope. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a cool gig. And I didn't think anything of it. Four years later, I was voted on the student government board. And I started doing oral presentations. The janitor stopped me, my janitor. He said, you're going to be a worldwide speaker. I said, come again. He said, let me arrange your first speech. After me saying no for three months, he twists my arm. I said, yes. <laughs> and I started sharing my story. I shared my story how I was the only one in my family without limbs. Tony, can I have you play some keys up here or Whoever wants to play keys, I play keys, but I'm not warmed up yet. <laughs> but I shared my story about how my dad planted a church when he was 27 years old. My mom and dad were married for five years before they had me. She had a premonition that something would go wrong in her pregnancy. And they did ultrasounds, but they were so excited that they never checked to make sure I had 10 fingers and 10 toes. So when I was born, it was a great shock. It was a tragedy. My uncle Ivan, who was co-pastor, knew it was his turn that first Sunday to get up on stage to preach. Everyone was crying as if someone died. He finally got up and he read from John chapter 9 where a man was born blind. No one knew why he was born that way. But Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. Jesus spits in the dirt, makes a clay, puts it on the man's face. And the man sees. And I didn't know that that sermon was preached the first Sunday I was born. But it was John chapter 9 that changed my life when I was 15 years old, when I felt like I got my answer as to why. Now, I'm not going to be the preacher that says, ask anything you want and God's going to give it to you when you want it, how you want it, whatever. If you just do good, if you just give to the church, blah, blah, blah. No. The rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if God can't say no to every desire of my heart, then he's more of a genie in the bottle than the God of the universe. 
Who am I that God can not say no to me? Oh, but I'm aligning my prayer with His prayers and desires for me. No! Apostle Paul, God, take this thorn from my side. And he said, no. For my grace is sufficient for you. Romans 8.28 All things come together for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Even if you are a child who was born without limbs, who was depressed, who was bullied, who did attempt to fill his lungs up with water from his bathtub to end his life because he was convinced he would never get married. He was convinced that he would never be happy. He was convinced there was no hope because he trusted as a child in what he saw, felt, and knew. And when you trust what you only see and you trust on your knowledge and your plan and your strength and your intellect and your wisdom and you trust that you, you trust your, you fail you, your plans fail because you're human. And we convince ourselves that storms come to stay. One of the funniest comedic lines a preacher who turned a comedian once said, you know what my favorite verse is? Everyone's like, what? And it came to pass. And they laugh. They said, that's your favorite verse? He said, yeah. He said, because storms don't come to stay. I may have no arms and no legs, but I'm going to fly away. And when I fly away home, I'm going to have my new body. And a long line of people saying, Nick, you came to Ukraine. I saw you preaching on the television. I was one of the 400,000 who gave their life to Jesus Christ. And I want to introduce you now to my wife and my children and their children's children and their children's children's children. It was that day that we were no longer thinking of God as a religion or an ideology as much as our God now and our personal Lord and Savior. And I'll never forget meeting a limbless boy in California just like me and I realized, wow, when God doesn't give you a miracle, He can still cause you to be a miracle for someone else. I mean, arms and legs, I mean, they kind of get in the way and they give you arthritis later on anyway. Just ask anybody. What do I want, arms and legs or the truth? Arms and legs or purpose? Arms and legs or eternal life? Now, it's awesome to tell you, I got a pair of shoes in my closet just in case God says yes. I do. They're dancing shoes. Do I know if God's going to give me limbs? No. Am I waiting for them? No. I have the joy of the Lord and that is my strength. What does that mean? That I know whom I believeth in and I am persuaded that He is able to do all that He has committed to me. God is faithful. He's bigger than my enemy. He faced my enemy face to face. 
anyone. Jesus died for my sins. And when his physical body was there in the tomb, Jesus didn't say that he went to hell to storm the gates of hell and grab those keys and conquer hell itself. That is why the gates of hell should not prevail you because Jesus prevailed over the gates of hell. You got friends and family who are depressed, who are anxious. You got families who are now divided. You got families who are in suffering. Pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. Write them out by name. Pray, Lord, I pray for my friends who cannot conceive. In Jesus' name, I pray that they can. God, if there is any depression in that home, I pray for that marriage over there. I pray for my marriage. I pray for my children's spouse. I wrote out my prayer. In 2018, and my prayer life changed forever. You want to know why? Because when you actually write out everything that is on your heart to actually pray for, you can easily pray at least for 10 to 12 minutes. And you know what it all comes down to? One thing. Faith. Faith to know He can do all things. And faith that when the crap hits the fan and everything has fallen around you and you're crying and you're depressed and you're triggered emotionally, that you look up to the heavens and say, God, I praise you. God, you are God, and I am not, and none of this makes sense to me, but I know that your hand is with me. I know that I will wait upon you, and you will help me. Do you not see that the pinnacle of your relationship with the unseen God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is when what you feel doesn't feel good, is when you see things that don't look good and know things that are here that aren't good, you therein say, God, I worship you for you are worthy and I choose to see beyond what I see and I Help me to trust in you despite what I know, despite what I feel, despite what I see. Help me to trust in you. And Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your paths. If Jesus is not the Lord of your life, the devil will come knocking. And for as long as you are your own master, believing in your own 
cocktail version of what your lifestyle is and belief system is. I'll take a little bit of Buddhism. I'll take a little bit of this. I'll take a little bit of that. And I think then in six months, I'll review how I feel. The truth is the truth or it's not. And the beautiful occurrence of my daily walk with God in prayer, in reading my prayer, gave me a lot of faith. You want to know why? Because every 21 days-ish, I had to stop and edit my prayer. Do you want to know why? Because it came to pass. God does more miracles in your life than you can ever imagine. It's funny how even sometimes the bigger things, you mourn and wait and wait and wait, and then he comes and you're like, <sighs> okay, but God now, right? This is worse. This is harder. I love that saying where it says, don't tell God how big your problem is. Tell your problem how big God is. God is ready to move. And I want your heart to start expecting miracles in America. Because do you want to know where we saw the most miracles? Have you ever wondered... Why is there more miracles in Africa than America? Have you ever thought of that? I'll tell you why. Because which doctors are there as much as a local coffee franchise store at every single intersection in the villages of Africa, they go not to a GP, they go to their witch doctor. And they do stuff in the spiritual realm that works. So when... A guy like me comes in to talk about God. You know what they say? Show me his power. And more oftentimes than not, when we saw exorcisms, when we saw demons walking through the wall, when we saw and felt the oppression of the enemy, that's when we knew God is about to move. But it's not because someone prayed for revival. It's because the saints were already on their knees pleading for God to turn their country around. Fasting for their state that God would bless that state. That God would bless that city. And not just pray for that homeless person, but make sure that we do what we can do for them as well. Indeed, not just in prayer, and not just in prayer and indeed, but in fasting. I will not be surprised that within 12 weeks from now, we're going to start seeing some alien reportings. Can I tell you why? What else are they going to tell us when we're all raptured in the sky? What are they going to explain to how? How? I'm expecting for alien sights. How would you try to describe 
overnight, bang, poof. 20% of the world is not here anymore. Don't be distracted. Even about biblical doctrine, is there a rapture coming? Is this that? No. Am I alive? Is Jesus Lord of my life? Then who have I told and shared with that Jesus loves them and He is Lord and He can break any addiction, He can take any affliction, He can break you of all the depression and all the anxiety, He can heal any home, and He can reach any soul. I believe in America there will be a breakthrough of miracles in this country like never before. And it's when the remnant who are alert and praying and are building those fires of prayer and incense as worship. Fear not, for I am with you. People can do whatever they want but they'll never take my soul. My soul is His, and in His hands alone, I commit my spirit to you. Have you? You go to sleep tonight. You don't wake up. Where will you be? Do you know? You're watching online. Are you quite done yet trying to figure out your own life and now just waiting? For this to pass does anyone know if this is now the new norm of an annual lockdown because the variant has changed and come I've got friends in 43 countries and I know what's going on out there that ain't being shared on the news but I'll tell you this Whatever comes, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Is He your Lord? And if not, now is the time. Oh, Nick, I don't want to become a Christian. Why not? Because I don't want to be those Christians who go to church but I went to their youth group and I know they're all saying the F word and sleeping around. You know what? You're right. Half the abortions in this country were done by teenagers that went to church once a week. You want a half abortion? Start talking about purity in our churches. You're right. But Christians shouldn't be your excuse as to why you don't believe in the law. Jesus never said, be holy because my followers are holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. Do not make Christians an easy excuse as to why you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ. Well, I need to stop saying the F word. What if I give my life to Jesus Christ and then next week I say the F word? Am I going to hell? Hell no. It is understanding that it is war in the spirit between truth and and lies, truth that will complete you, heal you, redeem you, and save your soul and give you the joy and the purpose and the peace 
and the rest that you're looking for. And the lies, when you know the truth, you can fight the lies that take you further and further and further away. And when you realize that it's just the devil toying with your mind, you stick that tongue in his face and go, talk to the foot because the ears ain't listening. Jesus has made you my footstool. That's why he gave me a foot. I will crush your head and turn my back on you because Jesus is Lord of my life. He has a plan for me. He is with me. Greater he that is in me than he in the world. For anyone here who hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ, you've been playing church, you're comfortable, you're a controlled alcoholic, you've got a secret this, secret that, you kind of have secret thoughts and you know it ain't perfectly pure, but you know you're just going to get by and you feel pretty good going to church. Going to church ain't going to save you, even if you come to this church. Know Him. So right now, I want to give you an opportunity to come forward. Why? So I can say a prayer. Why? Because our personal walk with Jesus starts in understanding that it's a relationship. And we can talk to Him as He hears us. He speaks to our heart. As we read the Word of God, He gives us faith. I don't want to get up out of my seat. I don't want to make such a decision today. Okay, then listen very carefully. Indecision is your decision. That is your decision and tomorrow is not promised. And you will have to be responsible for your decision. But don't fool yourself that you can delay it thinking that tomorrow is coming. Because tomorrow is tomorrow. Now is now. Today is the day of salvation. Because it's in this moment that you can only make such a decision. You don't have to be worried. As you come up here, I'm not going to lay hands on you or anything. <laughs> and when you come up here, you don't have to turn around. Just face me. You can keep your back towards the crowd. So when you come up here, just do this. And if you know that you know that you need... Now, this is not for anybody who already has a relationship. But if you know that you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ... I was just going to say, don't wait for the first person. <laughs> Be the first person, but you were the first person. Now that there's one up here, I believe for another 15 people to actually say, you know what, Nick, I need to make my life right with Jesus. I'm done playing church. I got to come down. It just face me. That's true. I'm waiting for more people. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why as well. Why am I calling you up front? Yes, God's going to hear your prayer if you say that prayer in your chair. But listen very carefully. If you can't stand up for a faith decision in a church building in a moment like this, if you can't stand up here for your faith, how on this earth do you believe that you're going to be able to stand up for your faith out there if you can't stand up for your faith in here? I'm waiting for another 13 more people right now if you know that you need to give your life to Jesus just ladies just face me don't worry about them just face me you're good just turn around you're good but right now if you know you need to come if you see someone coming clap them on down that's three that's four come on
I'm waiting for 11 more. 11 more people. Come on, anybody from the youngest to the oldest. If you know you need to make your life right with Jesus, any, anyone else, I'm going to wait. Doesn't matter how young you are. Doesn't matter how old you are. You don't want to sin anymore. You know you have sin. You know you can't get over your addictions and your depression on your own. You have questions that you don't have answers to. The answers are not just going to fall on your lap. You know, let me tell you one other thing. Can you just, just listen to me for a second as they come on down? Let me tell you one other thing. You know, if, if, if there is a house that's on fire and the fire brigade is outside and I, the owner, so foolish, come outside, I know my house is burning and I know that they're here to put out the fire. Can you imagine the stupidity of me going to the fire brigade and saying, hey, so can you tell me what the plan is? Oh, you're not going to tell me the plan? Oh, then I've got this cup of water and I'm going to do my best. Sometimes we're waiting for God's plan, aren't we? But isn't it interesting that he, if he gave you all the plan, listen, if he gave you the blueprint of his plan for you, then where would you need faith? This is a walk of faith and not by sight. And if your house is broken, the best carpenter can't fix your house until you let him in. Will you let him in right now? This is coming up. This is the last and final call. If you're thinking of thinking of coming, stop thinking about it. And maybe you're thinking, well, wait a second, Nick. I don't want to come alone. Simply turn to the person next to you and say, will you come with me? They're going to say yes. So right now, last call. If you know you need to give your life to Jesus Christ, stand up and come now. Come with a friend. Come on. Come with a friend. Come with a family member. Come on down. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Come on, church. Let's give God a shout of praise. There's a lot more people coming. There's a lot more people coming right now. That's another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight more. That's nine, ten more people. Last call. Last call. Eleven, twelve. He stands at the door and knocks. Will you open up your door? Hallelujah. Let's all bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you indeed have an awesome plan. And Lord, your heart breaks when we feel broken. You cry when we cry. Lord, you weep over our loneliness. But we thank you, Lord, that you are a God of redemption and a God of hope, a God of restoration, love, and truth. And we thank you, Lord, that the truth would right now break the shackles and binding of the enemy in Jesus' name of depression, anxiety, addiction, affliction, oppression, nightmares during the night. 
We pray for cancer to be gone in Jesus' name. We pray for every single physical aspect of our being. We bring that, Lord, boldly in front of your throne of grace. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would descend upon this sanctuary right now and breathe your fire and wind of power. And Lord Jesus, we pray right now for any physical miracle to happen in Jesus' name. We pray for the barren to conceive. We pray, Lord God, for the things that the doctors have said that is impossible, is possible with you. And Father, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you, Lord, that even though above these beautiful physical miracles that we bring before your throne, we know, Lord, that there is one miracle of miracles, which is to be saved. We thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you that the true virus is sin and death. And there is only one true cure. It is the blood of Jesus Christ as the sacrifice of our sins that was paid by you, God, in the flesh. And the power of the resurrection being the only cure of death itself. God, we pray for these beautiful, beautiful people up the front. Heal them. Heal them. Heal their hearts. Ease their minds. And give them faith to believe that you are here to rescue them. If you're up the front, please repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you today. And I thank you for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. And I am a sinner. Forgive me for all I've done wrong. I want to know you. I want to live for you. I want your plan and your strength, not mine. Change me. I don't want to sin. I want to know you, live for you. Teach me how to live how to read my Bible and to keep seeking you. When I fall, when I fail, pick me up and help me to know that you'll always carry me if I trust you. God, bless my family. Help them help my friends and heal my heart one day at a time. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Don't move, but let's, God, let's give God a shout of praise for what He's done.
For those of you who are one of the 20 up the front, I just want to tell you I love you with all my heart. And everything that you've ever done, God will never, ever, ever remember. He deliberately forgets the bad things of the past that you've done. He loves you just as you are. And I know that tomorrow morning you may wake up and say, okay, what do I do now? What about this? What about that? We want to help you as a church with the next steps. And if you don't mind, I'm going to do something actually pretty unplanned. Um, But I want to hug each and every one of you at the back. And when we figure out where that is, they're going to figure out now and scramble. But I'm going to tell you this. When I hug you, I mean it when I say I love you. And we love you here at this church. We want to get your information to follow up with you. Someone's going to give you a phone call and say, hey, how can we pray for you? Would you like to come back to church? You'll never be pressured to do something or give. We want to be here to help you, to serve you. Because whether you like it or not, I'm your half-brother now. Church, let's give God one more shout of praise. This, um, this is not the end. This is the beginning of your relationship with God. And we want to help you with these steps. So, counselors from the church, we're going to actually ask you, where are the counselors here? Can you stand up and wave to me so I know who you are? Wonderful. Can you come into the aisle and keep your hand up? And then can we take these lovely people just through those glass doors to the left? And uh, we're going to follow up with you there. Is that cool? So um, please make sure that you're there. And please make sure that if you haven't come up front that you don't join us there just for a hug. But if you did give your life to Jesus Christ and you also did what these people did at the front, you just didn't come forward, we'd love to meet you as well. So right now at the front, would you please... Turn around and face these lovely people and follow them through those glass doors. And we're going to get your details down. Uh, counselors, can you keep your hands up so they know exactly who you are and keep following that beautiful three people walking out. Let's give God one more shout of praise. Rick, we love you. And uh, if there is anyone online that gave their life to Jesus Christ, what can they do if they're online? and they made that commitment, how can they connect with the church? First of all, Nick, what a wonderful time and seeing their hearts touched. The Bible says that when one sinner repents, the angels rejoice in heaven. So there's a party going on, isn't there? Amen. If you're watching online and uh, we have people from coast to coast that tune in uh, and you gave your life to Christ tonight, I just encourage you, drop us uh, an email at info.godspeak.com. And uh, we'll reach out to you, 
get you um, some information, try to plug you into a local church, wherever that might be, so that you can start growing in your walk with the Lord. Obviously, if you're in driving distance, maybe even if it's we have people coming from up at Santa Barbara and down south, uh, we used to say at our fellowship people would drive for you know an hour and a half or so to come to church. A church alive is worth a drive. So just if you're watching, start coming to fellowship. We have three services on the weekend, sat, uh, four services, Saturday night at 6, and then on Sunday morning, 9, 11, and 1 o'clock. So we look forward to meeting you. And tell us when you come, uh, find me, find Pastor Rob, and just say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus when Nick was sharing the other night. Amen. Amen. God be praised. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Let's stand together, everyone. We're going to pray, and we're going to let... Nick's going to go give all those folks a hug that gave their life to Jesus. And just as he mentioned, um, there's lots of resources back there at their table if you would like to check that stuff out. And be praying for Nick and what, how the Lord is using him just in a powerful way. And I know my heart was touched tonight and just inspired by his story. And so let's pray for their ministry right now. Would you join me? Father, we thank you so much for uh, your servant Nick and all of his team, Lord. We pray that you would anoint them with your spirit, that you would strengthen them with grace, that you would open their eyes, that they would see the wonderful things in the direction you want them to go. Lord, we pray that they would just have abundant fruit this year in their love and service. Lord, we pray that we here at God Speak would reach our community with your love, Lord Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you would do a work that blows our minds exceedingly abundantly above anything that we can ask or think. We pray for our county, Ventura County. We pray for our state, the state of California, that we would start, Lord, um, a work by your grace that just spreads through the land. We pray for our nation, and we ask that you'd forgive us, Lord, for our sin, for turning our backs on you, and we pray that as we turn to you, Lord, you said that you would heal, your land, heal this land if we would humble ourselves and pray and turn from our wicked ways. So, Lord, do your work as we respond to your word and your grace. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. See you this weekend, Saturday, Sunday.